to me, being at rest is when we do um, most of our healing. Um, and I really wanted to create a space where people could come in and just sort of let go of their worries. And Welcome back to Forever Young Podcast. I am joined by my two co-hosts for today, uh, Charlene, Hello. Nick, hey. and Tim, me. Uh, <laughs> Brendan sends his uh, apologies, apologies that he can't attend today. And we're joined by our lovely guest today, Annalise from uh, Quintessence. Quiescence. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I've got that we stuck in my head at the moment. And <laughs> Still it was together. a it was a good ch- it was a good try. Thank you, thank we'll you. give you that. My first introduction for this <laughs> podcast, at least. Yeah, not such not so nice as Brendan, but that's okay. Yeah. Mm. So we've got Annalise here. Um, yes, she's from Melbourne. She's treating. Yep, she runs her own <laughs> clinic here in Melbourne. And do you want to tell us a bit about your clinic and what you do? Here, I guess. Yeah, sure. Um, so I uh, have the clinic Quiescence Chinese Medicine. Um, it's a general practice, but we focus predominantly on women's health as um, the main clientele that we get through. Um, so that means we do a lot of fertility work, a lot of work with menstrual disorders, um, but we see a wide, like wide range of people mm-hmm. as well. Um, I set the clinic up in 2004 after I graduated. Yeah. Um, and it's been a great journey ever since, I guess. And speaking of the clinic, we love the vibe. We were just talking about this before, but you walk in and it's on a busy street. There's trams, there's construction, everything going on, and you just walk in and you're, like, calm. It's just, I don't know, the, like... I think you've got incense and then just the way it's set up is very calming. And is that one of the things that you kind of wanted to bring to the clinic as well? Is that representative of who you are? Well, yes, it's representative (laughs) of the clinic. I guess quiescence means to be at rest. Mm. It's the um, time when we're at our stillest. Mm. Um, When you're talking about cells and their division, when there's no movement, it's when they're quiescent stage oh, so that's, that's it's um yeah, yeah uh, to me being at rest is when we do our most of our healing um, and I really wanted to create a space where people could come in and just sort of let go of their worries and and get the most out of their time while they're here in the clinic that's amazing that yeah that, 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 that was really <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah I really like that um so do you this is not at all um, related <laughs> to what I was going to say, but <laughs> that smell, do you ever like, does it ever like um, get old or anything, that, that smell? Well, you're smelling posum oil at the moment. So <laughs> the last treatment in here, uh. the practitioner would have used some posum oil, but mm. um, we were just talking about moxa, the smell mm. of moxa before, and you can come into this room or any of the other rooms and there'll be a different smell, um, you know, on yeah. any given day or mm. time of the day, depending mm. on what sort of treatments we've been doing, yeah. Mm. But no, the smells never get old. <laughs> They're always good. So y- oh, cool. okay. There you go. Oh, no, I was just going to say, so you like using the moxa and using heat mm-hmm. and using that. Could you tell us a little bit about how you use that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess uh, cold is such a big thing in Chinese medicine, especially when you're treating women um, and women's menstrual health. So we do use a lot of moxa. Um, I actually do find that I use a heat lamp like with 90% of the patients just over the belly 
Um, it's an easy way to get heat into them. Um, moxa can be quite time consuming. You do need to like, spend the time and be present when you're doing moxa. But I tend to use um, like smokeless moxa sticks. I recently found the stick on ones. I can't remember oh. what they're called, but they're really good. They just a short burst of heat. Um, and then the ondan uh, smokeless ones that you put in a needle basket, I find it. Are quite good. I tend to use those more for musculoskeletal stuff when yeah. you're trying to release muscle spasms and things. They can work quite well. That's good. Do you use any electro or anything like that as well? Yeah, a little bit of electro. Again, <laughs> electro is a bit fiddly <laughs> yeah. and time consuming. Um, but I, we do use uh, electro uh, with people uh, trying to go into labour, um, especially if we really need to get things moving. Not with everybody, but. Um, sometimes if we feel like we need to make the treatment stronger um, and with some musculoskeletal work. Um, we used to have a great practitioner here who's uh, gone to set up his own clinic, but mm. he would use a lot of electro for mm. things like weight loss. I remember him <laughs> using s- electro on the scalp at uh, some yeah. point <laughs> and <laughs> things like that. So, yeah, it's um, it can be widely used. Yeah, It's good to hear that you use moxa for like musculoskeletal injuries mm. because, yeah, we don't see it. Well, it's not as emphasised, but can be used so well. Yeah, I think it's great. Mm. It's definitely a go-to for me before electro, actually, for muscle pain. So do you use that in, like, the acute stages, or is that what type of injuries? Most people come in and they've kind of passed the acute stage, So, um, but I would recommend using it at any point, really. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I have a question. Yes. <laughs> so you said your focus is mostly on women's health now. Mm-hmm. Did you kind of, when you graduated, did you start out that way or did you have other interests? Like how did you fall into that for, I guess, we're about to graduate, so mm-hmm. we're just wondering where to go yeah. and what your journey was like. Yeah, uh, I always did have an interest in women's health. I always thought that it was a area that was lacking in Western medicine mm-hmm. and I was really impressed with the depth of knowledge that Chinese medicine has for women's health and all the different treatments and, and ways of diagnosing disorders. So, um, yeah, I was, I guess I already had that, that passion, but it was really a word of mouth thing for me. Um, I remember, you know, early on there was a, a few people that would come to me who are trying to fall pregnant I remember one of them saying oh you're really good at this fertility stuff this should be your focus and then she sent me like five other people oh that's so good (laughs) Um, which is great but I also spent quite a bit of time with Stephen Clavey um, and doing some observation there and I also when I was when I first graduated I worked in a clinic in South Yarra and the woman who I was working Mm. for she had quite a strong focus with women's health and fertility there so I learned a lot from both of those places. So when you first graduated um, Mm. did you find it very difficult to like get into Chinese medicine work field like yeah, I, I guess it was one of the reasons that I just was like, right, I'm just going to, you know, set up a Take clinic. whatever comes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was lucky that a friend of mine was really keen to 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 go into a clinic space together. So we just rented a dodgy little room <laughs> above a clothing shop on Brunswick oh. Street. Surprised anyone ever came Ooh. back. Or no one <laughs> but um, it, it was a good sort of first stepping stone because the cheap the rent was really cheap um and so we didn't have to have a big outlay and we were able to you know spend our time just gradually you know working uh, on building our practices she since has moved from melbourne and then i moved to another 
clinic space from there but having the experience working for somebody else was also really beneficial um just to to get the knowledge and to feel a little bit more confident in the clinic space so yeah having having that support was really good would you guys ever run the clinic together or anything like that well, where you have... See, Nick and I discussed this because I'm not from Melbourne, I'm actually from the other side of the country. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was saying that if he rents a space, then like we should go like share it because he's not going to work like every day that it's open or something like that. So, I mean, while we're starting out, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, it worked, it worked yeah. quite well for the first few years. You just need to figure out a way of like keeping track of your herbs and mm. you know all of that kind of yeah. stuff. But it was definitely great to to have a low overhead mm. when you're starting yeah. and having the support of friends around. Yeah, the support is probably the biggest <laughs> thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially in those first couple years, probably it's yeah. very slow. So you got to have that support because it's going to be tough, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. It's talking about herbs i i saw that you might you have your own sort of tea and stuff like that your own marketing and uh like like your own like uh what's it called branding of tea and stuff i saw that that's actually like really cool what made you like think to do that and stuff i actually started blending herbal teas pretty much straight away i don't really know what the drive (laughs) was but i was just like well actually no i do I, i i feel like um Chinese herbs would often get a bit of a bad rap, rap, you know, like they're like, oh, they smell bad, they taste bad. I'm like, no, they're really beautiful, you know, like the herbs are stunning. So it was a way to me of making something beautiful out of the the herbs and using Chinese medicine mm. theory that you, people could take and just have on a on a daily basis and appreciate it um, for what it was. It was also a kind of way of getting the compliance up a yeah. little bit, <laughs> like, all right, so you're not going to take your herbs, mm. drink this tea, yeah. you know, um, and so that's kind of been with me for a while and um, we're going through very you know varying stages mm. of branding um i'm actually in the process of rebranding again um, and making it a little bit more accessible to other chinese medicine practitioners mm. as well um and a few years ago i did a course on how to make balms and oils and so sort of been playing around with that and i've come up with a um a, a skin salve that i'm pretty happy with for for eczema um there's a calendula cream for psoriasis and those sort of heat um dry heat disorders in the skin muscle rubs and you know things like that as well a few facial products yeah i've seen a little bit of that on your instagram that looks very good actually (laughs) 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 that's how we got on to you was one of our friends said oh i've seen this girl and she's on instagram and her instagram looks amazing and she's got all these facial balm stuff and Mm. skincare Stuff. So, yeah, that was how we've got on to you. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that the f- skincare stuff is really interesting because, mm. like, mm. we spend a lot of money in the Western medicine side for, like, skincare and mm. um, making sure everything looks perfect. Yeah. So, to incorporate the Chinese med side into that is would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, again, as part of women's health, we do a lot of acne treatments. Um, and so finding, you know, a way of getting herbs on topically onto the skin mm. in a in a nice way was something that was really great to be able to make that it. don't smell horribly <laughs> it's not too bad some <laughs> of them can be a bit some of the acne yeah. ones can be a bit herby but it's not too yeah. bad you know mm. it's not like yeah super full on or anything mm. so yeah and leave that like really yellow tinge yeah. for like a dark yeah. one or something <laughs> oh, or like the um yeah, the ching dai the yeah. green one yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how do you um because i know that 
um, with a lot of like acne stuff, mm-hmm. it's like heat, and mm-hmm. with heat clearing and damp clearing herbs, they tend to be very like bitter. Yes. How do you normally like suggest so that like patient compliancy and just like help them to take the herbs? Other than teas, how else do you like suggest they take the herbs and stuff? Um, I I'm just honest. <laughs> like, sorry, is this gonna taste gross? <laughs> you know, um, with acne. I tend to really push for people to take the raw herbs. I find they just work so much better. Mm. Um, and if you're really honest uh, with people and say, look, you know, one, your skin's going to get worse before it gets better. Two, you're going to have to drink these really gross herbs. Mm. I'm sorry, but, you know, that this is what we've got. Um, they tend to stick with it. And once they sort of understand the process, they're okay. Um generally when they start seeing results as well, that really mm. helps. But I, do, I find that as... The, the toxic heat stuff isn't as frequently needed as you'd expect. Mm. Um, I've had some great results using formulas like Bansha Sheshantang um, with acne as well, and that's much easier to get down. So it just, I guess it depends on the pattern. Um, but if people really need toxic heat clearing, they actually can yeah. deal with it. Mm. You know, they're like, oh, it doesn't taste as bad as what you said it was going to mm. taste like. I had a question, I forgot oh. it. <laughs> Have you heard people say that if it's what your body needs, then the herbs don't taste bad to mm. you? Do you? Yeah, I feel like there is a bit of truth mm. in that. Um, like for me, wenjing tongue, <laughs> I'm just like, ah, oh, gosh, that wenjing mm. you is just so full yeah. on. Um, but, you know, you give it to people who really need it and they're like, oh, no, this is really nice. I like drinking oh. this. They can handle like huge amounts mm. of it. So I'm often surprised. Like I'll, I'll always say to people, look, the herbs don't taste good. Like it's pretty pretty fair to say mm. that the herbs aren't going to be great. But a lot of the time people come back and like, oh, they're not as bad as what you said. Or, um, you know, so. That's good. Yeah. So do you explain all this before you start treatment? So like you make a treatment plan and you explain that all this is going to be like mm. happening? Yeah, so I, I'll get people in and listen to their story. So we go through the full consultation. And then at the end of it, I'll before they get up on the table, I'll say, look, well, so... What we do here is acupuncture. So when you come in, you'll get an acupuncture treatment. Um, and I definitely recommend taking some herbs. And, and I'll explain to them that they've got an option of the raw herbs or the granules um, and what that entails and then my recommendation. So for some people who are super stressed out and I know that they're not going to be able to manage the raw herbs, I'll just say to them, look, I think for you the granules are going to be fine. Um, and they're happy with that and they'll take them. But if I say to them, look, you really need to take the, the raw herbs, you're going to get the best results with those to start with and then we can move to the granules afterwards. You know, most people appreciate the honesty mm. um, and then, then we get them on the table and then I'll do the treatment. <laughs> no, 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 no more questions. Well, well said. I was like, I know, we're always <laughs> like, oh my gosh, so much wisdom right now. <laughs> I just want to like soak it up. <laughs> so what are some of the, your like favourite things to treat? So like mm. what? What keeps you inspired when these things come in and you're like, I love to treat these conditions? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, look, I, mean, I guess when people come in with fertility um, problems these days, I'm like, oh, yeah, great, I can do this. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> we can, and sometimes the, the stories are pretty full on and, you know, like you, the difficult cases and it makes you really think, um, which, is, which is great. But I had a, a guy come in the other day who's got a – herpes infection in his fingers and on it through his skin and everything which I had never seen before I was like oh wow this is really interesting you know like we're getting good results with that you know with the treatment so um yeah different things 
it's always great. But then, you know, stuff you know is kind of like, oh, phew, I can, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? What, what, like if a patient comes in, what's something that kind of inspires you to go, I'm going to do like hours of research on this and I'm going to do all do of hours that. of research on anything. <laughs> 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 now, I still really enjoy musculoskeletal stuff. I think there's so much more that can be done mm-hmm. than what we do. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like there's a lot more depth than what mm. it looks like. And there's so many people out there doing so much more. Um, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, that still inspires me the most, mm. I think. Yeah. Pain. Yeah. I think for me, at least, it would sleep. I think <laughs> sleep is, like, a big thing. Because, like, half, like, one third of your day is you, like, falling, like, asleep. And if you can't get that good sleep, you're going to start the day like really bad and stuff and i think it's for me when i get like oh i can't really sleep really well I'm like oh yes i can like try <laughs> this out or i can try this out depending on what their condition and stuff is mm-hmm. i feel like for me sleep is so important for a patient even if they come in for pain or something i look at their sleep how they're sleeping and stuff and that impacts like everything it's, it's like a domino sort of effect for me mm-hmm. at least yeah and then at least i can like see results mm-hmm. and then that's that's a big thing especially like to do with pain and stuff so when they're other aspects of life get better you, you know you can see other yeah. aspects of their problems get better and i feel like that comes back to the quiescence thing mm. like the sleep is at rest and that's when you're healing so i feel like it's oh, I just love the name i'm sorry yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. now that we know the meaning know, it's like yeah. so, it's just so good. good yeah i think i need to put it, the meaning up on the window <laughs> 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 did it take long to come up with that name like, um not well did it come yeah, to you in a dream? No, <laughs> no. Um, it, it, yeah, I guess I was looking for like, the, the name of the clinic is really hard, and um, yeah, I was. I guess I was looking for something, and I had seen somewhere somewhere else that had like a, it was a Q word, and I was like, oh, look, I just like the way that it looked, and then so I started sort of working down that road and found quiescence. I was like, yeah, that's that's a good word mm. for what what I'm trying to do yeah. I guess um but yeah we've just been I've actually just had to go th- read through the meaning of quiescence again with the branding for the teas and everything else um so yeah I'm gl- I'm sticking with it yeah it's <laughs> yeah. good yeah it's is good all thing. the marketing and stuff done by you or do you have like another person uh so Purdy who works on the reception she mm-hmm. does a lot of the um like graphics stuff and putting things together the artwork was done by a patient actually she her name's jess ratcliffe um and she is a local artist and and does lots of great kids books and things her instagram handle is jess's mess so that's <laughs> <Yeah>. great if <laughs> you like if you like the artwork so yeah. have a look that yeah it's nice uh, it's nice to have people close by that um help you so she did those pictures mm. up there and things oh well they're, yeah. they're really nice yeah they're so simple, but just I know the listeners can't see this, <laughs> but we'll, we'll post a photo of it and we'll, yeah, we'll tag Images it. of the herbs we use. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, it just adds like a good, again, like a good vibe in the room. It's so like calming and all like flowers and yeah, it's, it's really nice. It's like just a nice environment. It's like you can feel that it's like healing. Thank you. <laughs> just can't get over that. Yeah. yeah, it's really nice. Um, I think we missed out on you, Charlene. What was your... Oh, yeah. I didn't want to miss leave oh. you out. What was your sort of favourite <laughs> I think I see a lot of musculoskeletal and I feel like it's a good place to start 
um, where I work, there is a lot of neurological conditions. So that is really interesting. I feel like um, it's the same thing that Western Med, there's not really much they can do once you're diagnosed with a neurological condition. So I find like that stuff really interesting. Watch, I guess, like the Chinese Med working together with the West Western medicine. Yes. And yeah, there's so much out there that just people don't really know about or like never think that Chinese may can do this or they just think like Chinese may can do this but like Western med like in combination does it really well yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you treat much of that um, the neuroscience or like the, the neurological, neurological diseases no I don't get much of that coming through but it would be an amazing area mm. to get into there's a lot of scope there that acupuncture especially would be able to yeah. help with um, watching a little uh, sort of short um, seminar from Dr. Joel, who does the Dr. Jew. Jew. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where I work. Yes, we, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing mm. the, the um, yeah. results that you can get from mm. that. So yeah, it'd be good to get that out into the yeah for world sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what are some things you can recommend for people that are or Chinese med students that are graduating. So, like, mm. what are some good things to do once you graduate? Because, you know, university only gives you so much yeah. as it is and, you know, there's so much more. Yeah. Um, I guess I, 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 about what we've been talking about is finding a niche of something, you know, just going mm. with something that you really enjoy treating and that you're really honestly interested in not just mm. because you're like oh this mm. could be a good place to start <laughs> but you know like are you actually interested in mm. it and just really focusing on that area to develop your skills and not I guess not to the expense of anything else or just say look I'm only ever going to treat this but really start going oh, this is what I want to be known for mm. you know thinking about word of mouth this is like if I do a good treatment and somebody responds well then they're going to tell somebody else because they have their communities mm. you know and just uh, really focusing, finding the the doctors that excel in that area, you know, learn from them. These days we've got so much information online. There's so many webinars available mm. online that, um, you know, it's quite easy to go, all right, I want to spend a year or three or ten working on this mm. condition. Um, and I guess that's way a good way to be start to be able to build a thriving practice. And did you do many seminars once you graduated? Like, what did yeah, you yeah, I've done a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I've still got a lot to go. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, I, I guess with the CPE points, you kind of yeah. you have to. Um, but especially in the last five or so years, we've just been so lucky with the quality of seminars that have been available to mm. us. Um, I did share, if, you, if people are herbalists, I did Sharon Weizenbaum's two-year postgrad just recently, mm. and that was amazing. She's an incredible practitioner, um, and her herbal knowledge is amazing. So that was really um, sort of groundbreaking for me. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's heaps, heaps and heaps of information out there. So. Your most memorable <laughs> seminar or thing to do? Um, yeah, I think Sharon's seminars were the best. Um, she's she tends to focus on Shanhan Lun um, formulas. <laughs> That's Nick. Yeah, he loves yeah. his yeah, reading really Shanhan Lun for fun. She's, <laughs> the way that she um, talks about six phase, and actually Arno Vasus is the other um, guy in that area that is sort of a bit, um, I guess, revolutionizes the way that you think about the Shanhan Lun um, and its formulas. 
from in comparison to what you learn at school. And so I would definitely search those two out if you're interested in having them. Yeah, de- we will definitely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there's always, there's always, it's always good to get new people and new information. Yeah, and yeah, and there's so much great information on there. Mm. Yeah, that was that was one of the reasons we sort of started this was to inform people or students about the good information mm. because you know there is sort of that good and bad as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, point people towards that good stuff. So the stuff that we've used, rather than just you know everything. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of just while I got you, I've, mm. I have um someone that I know who's trying to get pregnant. Yeah. What's a good tip that you can provide for them? Let's say with like everyday utensils rather than like, because they probably can't come in for acupuncture and herbs and stuff. Yeah. What sort of like everyday tips and stuff do you normally uh, recommend for someone like that to Ooh. to help with fertility? I know it's a bit hard not actually seeing the yeah. patient and stuff. Is there any like? sort of semi-universal tips that you can give the visitors? We could talk about uh, something that I... I guess one of the things that I see a lot when people come in from a... um, Well, I guess a lot of the people that come in, you know, they've been trying for... who've been trying for a while, there's a a desperation and a real, like, I've got to do everything right in order to be able to fall pregnant. So um, I tend to talk to people a lot about trying to let go of the control so trying to get like not in the sense of letting go of the goal or even the desire but just letting go of the control of having to do everything right in order to fall pregnant um and sort of bringing in things that and doing things just for the pure enjoyment of them so a lot of the time we do things because we feel like we should be doing it or it's the right thing to do or you go to yoga five times a week Mm. because that'll help you fall pregnant or whatever but you're doing it because you feel like you should be doing it not because you actually truly enjoy doing it so um just finding that thing that you like to do and just doing it (laughs) for the joy of it yeah yeah not turning these things into like a chore Mm. um taking that away that's yeah I think that's a good emphasis that you can tell patients for like all conditions and mm. stuff. It's like um, rather than seeing this as like a chore, like you have to do this, like stop drinking, stop smoking, exercise more. It's like this gives like it's like enjoying the moment. Like exercise can actually be really fun if you mm. don't make it like I do this five times a week or something like that. Or drinking more water can be actually really like nice for your body. You feel good and stuff rather than forcing the habit sort of thing. Yeah. I think that's a good point that we should probably all do when you sort of see um, patients or you can see yourself. I think one of the books I've read, um, they tell you one of the rules that helps is like they tell you to see yourself as a patient and treat yourself like you're a patient. So it's like the example he used and stuff is if you if your dog gets sick and you, you take it to the vet and you make sure he always takes his medicine, but mm. people don't do that to themselves, yeah. which is like a big sort of problem. It's like, oh, why don't we do that to ourselves? But we, we do it for like our loved ones and our pets and stuff like that. It's a bit, it's a bit strange. So mm. I think bringing that sort of perspective for patients to be like, yeah, I should take care of myself like I care for someone else sort of thing. It's like a good, yeah. good sort of like uh, perspective, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just, just going to ask, speaking of like the joy and like doing what brings you joy, I'm just curious what made you kind of go down the Chinese medicine path? Yeah, because yeah, uh, everyone's story is always so different yeah. in Chinese medicine. Yeah. 
Um, for me, I was just fascinated with the herbs. Mm. So um, my dad is a was a physiotherapist and he practiced acupuncture as part of his physio, mm. definitely into doing lots of Tai Chi. And, and so that was part of my upbringing, but it was never really sort of forced onto me. Yeah. And then um, oh, wow, I, was, I was studying science and, and nutrition. And then as part of the nutrition course we did a a small bit on um you know alternative ways of eating and um chinese medicine was one of them and the teacher was like oh annalise you should do this and i was like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) fine and then so i read the web that has no weaver and i was like well this is what my dad's all on about (laughs) did the thing didn't really think too much more about it and then i was traveling and i came across a chinese medicine clinic that was full of herbs, a bit like what we've got out mm. the front there. And it happened to be a student clinic. And I just kind of went in and I looked around. And I was like, man, I know these herbs. Like I had that feeling mm. of like, I know what these are, but I don't know what they are. Um, and the lady who was there, she's like, oh, look, if you want to study it, here's the prospectus, the school's across <laughs> the road. I was like, cool, all right, that's what I want to study. Um, but I was in Canada at the time. So um, my dad was like, oh, let's see if we can find you a school a bit closer to home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and ended up at RMIT, so yeah, and that was it. So then you obviously found herbs a bit easier to study, or I just get, I guess I was just really interested in them. They brought me joy. Like I just I found them fascinating, and I loved learning everything about the herbal medicines. So, yeah, yeah, because I find like herbs are probably the hardest thing for, like especially as like a f- second year or third year student was learning all those herbs and all those formulas i felt like it was so difficult Mm. um yeah sort of just getting the grasp of it now (laughs) and still like it's yeah so so far away yeah yeah oh look i mean it's not that it's easy (laughs) by any stretch but i just enjoyed it i guess so yeah and i think if you enjoy it then it just makes it easier and i guess like you want to do it more Mm. so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to change your perspective so you can <laughs> enjoy the herbs more. Huh? I think that's probably why I've learnt more because I've been like, you know, I re- was reading more. I was reading more of that Shang Han Lun type stuff and listening to more podcasts and being actively involved in like wanting to learn more about it. Mm. And then, yeah, like student clinic, you get to see the herbs, mm. you get yeah. to feel the herbs. You get to be like, this is Chai Hu. You yeah, know? yeah. Rather than just being yeah, you can't learn it from a piece of paper. You really need to get your hands Mm. in there. Yeah, you can read it a billion times, but (laughs) it doesn't make a difference. (laughs) And I find that's why like acupuncture was easier for me to learn because Mm. I could see it on myself. You know, I can got the points right there. Yeah, that's it. You know, I can feel those points. Do you guys remember like eating the herbs whenever they'd offer to like, do you want to try eating this? Oh, thing? you I ate that? everything. <laughs> you I ate was very everything. skeptical about some of those things because I don't know how long they'd been <laughs> there for. So I was very skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> One of like the good stories was like, I remember they're like offering like, oh, do you guys want to try eat this one? And then after a while, like, oh, there's a few bugs in this one. And we're all like, ah, <laughs> good one. You got us. The sure, it wasn't Chantoy. <laughs> <laughs> the bugs just add a little bit of extra, mate. Just a bit of extra medicine Protein. in there. <laughs> you know that it's uh, highly sought out for if the bugs want it too. So yeah, totally. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good medicine. So what are some of your favourite formulas to use? Like what are your go-to mm. stuff? Um, well, 
I guess um, recently I've been a lot using a lot more Guajira formulas. Um, mm. So Guajira Jalongumuli is a favourite of mine for anxiety um, and blood deficiency sort of conditions. Um, Banshashish and Tang is a great formula. I use that quite a lot. Um, Chaihuja Longumuli is good as well. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. And then there's the herbs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can modify and just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what doses, dosages are you using Longumuli in? Just um, it varies. I tend to use powdered Longumuli. Mm. So, um, well, actually what we do is we get the pieces in um, and and then we dwan them, so we put heat them up really hot, chuck vinegar on them, and that helps eat into the mm. and soften the um, pieces a bit more. That gives it more of a absorptive capacity, mm. and it's said to take it more to the kidneys as well. So I really like using them because they have that grounding effect, but they're also really good for consolidating the kidney um, energetic. And so, and then once we've done that, we powder them and so grind them all up into a into a powder so you don't have to use so much so if mm. you're using the pieces you know like you'd be using like 20 30 mm. grams um but i guess because it's been powdered and that surface area is like completely different um it turns like quite milky and when you're boiling them up you don't need to use so much like 9 12 grams seems to work quite well oh. mm. Yeah, so you don't. Oh, yeah, no. You answered <laughs> that question. <It's> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Where was that train of thought going? I'm just curious no. now. Oh, it was about like efficacy and how like well they work. But you've answered yeah, that yeah. in yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the way like it does a similar function but slightly different. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't need to use quite so much. Yeah. yeah. Do you process much more of your other herbs? Like, mm-hmm. do you yeah, play around so with that a lot? Um, we do. We do a lot of powder here. Um, the, some of the herbs that we I would use, um, like we chow the baiju consistently. Like I will have um, the like shang baiju, but I tend to just use it chowed. So there's a few like that huanglian. We um, soak in ginger first and then dry it off before we use it. it Takes some of the bitterness out. Wuju yu, we definitely process. Um, we soak it again <laughs> with. Um, licorice and and a little bit of vinegar as well just to take it to the blood and then dry that off and yeah there's quite a few um huang chi will process huang bai yeah and like when did you start incorporating all these into your practice like was it like where did you get all that from well i got a lot of that knowledge from stephen clavey so spending time in his clinic is for herbalists is is a really amazing experience and he does a lot of powder there and uses a lot of the herbs in that way so yeah from the beginning i guess right that's cool yeah stephen covey's doing some amazing things he's he's sort of everywhere (laughs) everywhere you look you find him he just like his name pops up yeah yeah Yeah, or you read books and you see like he's referenced and stuff it's like what (laughs) (laughs) how are you like here as well that's crazy so yeah that's no that's really good Oh, I have a question. I always ask this to like everyone who treats and stuff. Okay. It's um, how do you normally deal with like, like not angry patients, but like 
uh, difficult patients and stuff like that. Mm. What's your What's your mindset to be like? Oh, this is going to be one of those sort of patients and stuff like that. Like difficult in the sense that they've got their own agenda, or that yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like they have something in their mind, and then they're just like, it's like a clash of like they're always questioning everything you do, or like yeah. there's sort of that barrier mm. between you and them that you can't, you don't feel like you're talking to them. Yeah, on that same sort of level. Thankfully, I don't get too many of them. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think generally people just don't come back if they don't feel like they've gelled with you. You know, like they don't. Most people just won't push it. They'll just be like, this, this, either this person's not for me or this isn't for me. I mean, some people who do persevere and like don't get the results that we're wanting or whatever, then um, I try and get them before they get to that point where they get really fed up and... And sort of recommend that they might try seeing somebody else. Um, yeah, some people who are drawing, I find, you know, like needy drawing, energetic type people, I find a bit more difficult to deal with. But just kind of learnt, I guess, to, you know, just be sort of strong and, and you know, keep control of the conversation and the, the treatment. And what do you say to, like, sceptical people about Chinese medicine, those that, like, don't believe or... Yeah. Uh, um, well, <laughs> I, I used to... I, it's, I think a lot of that's changed in the past, like, 10, 15 years. I rem- definitely remember when I first graduated and people were like, oh, so what do you do? And I'd be like, oh, I'm a Chinese medicine practitioner. And they're like, you what? <laughs> and then they're like, oh, does that work? And I'd be like, no, it doesn't work. It's not what I wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like these days people are just like, oh, yeah, you know, like my friend had acupuncture or, oh, yeah, I've heard about that. You know, like there seems to be much more of a, um, you know, openness mm. around it, which is great. But, you know, like I just said to people, like you can try it if you want, you know, give it a whirl. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. And then because a lot of those come from like, oh, I haven't tried it, but I hear all this yeah. bad stuff, especially on the Internet. It's full of like bad yeah, stuff. Totally. And then, yeah, um, then they yeah, come I mean, and try like it. Yeah, like the guy who came in for the herpes on his on his hands mm. and arms, like he was like, look, I've, I've just come to, to give it a whirl. Like I'm not expecting anything mm. from you. I don't expect anything to happen. I just, I'm tired of it and Western medicine doesn't have any options. So I thought I'd just come and see what you can do. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, great. And I'll see what we can do then. And, and we've had some really good results so far. So that, you know, like I actually quite like, skeptical people when they arrive in the yeah. clinic and are willing to give it a go yeah yeah i think for me because my sister's like a, a non-believer sort of <laughs> she's like, there's not enough science, blah, but blah, blah, you blah. and your mum study chinese medicine yeah there's, there's half, <laughs> half the family so ah. my sister's in her own bubble except i think it was last week i treated her for the first time so during the consult, she's very like antsy. She's like, well, yeah, yeah, I have all this stuff and like whatever. But after the treatment, I like, oh, how are you feeling and stuff like that? And she's like, oh, actually really good. So I think I'm <laughs> slowly inching my slowly way slowly. to like converting her yeah. into a believer. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, my family doesn't let me acupuncture them. I, I did once when we were very first learning. Yeah. And a little bit of pain. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. <laughs> but yeah, no, my, my dad's big on like, no, I won't let him touch me with the needles <laughs> just yet. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we were talking about it the other week, so it's that's a step forward. <laughs> <laughs> Give him some time. Yeah, yeah we'll that's get it. it. And then my family's like, bring your needles back. Like, yeah. you're needling us all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> so just before we finish, what is one thing 
like that you could say to like all students, mm. you're like golden, golden rule. Golden rule. For students. For students. Don't lose the passion. Mm. Yeah, just stick with it. I like that. Don't lose the your pa- patience. 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 And wrapping up. Oh, yes. So this segue brought to you by Nick. But um, thank you for listening to this special episode of Forever Yang. And thank you, Annalise, for joining us today and letting us come to your beautiful clinic. Yes, thank you. Um, We will link her Instagram and other information so you can find out um, all about what she does. And you said your teas and um, balms and stuff are available for practitioners. Yeah, they're all online. Um, We do... Um, wholesale rates for practitioners as well so um, you just need to shoot us your details um, via email and then we can give you the password sounds amazing cool well yeah we'll link your website mm. thank you Instagram. and like and follow us on facebook and instagram and comment what you want to hear next and and as always we're the forever young podcast and we'll see you next week Bye. bye, bye.